This is Bro Storm Sports with Sasha Bushka. I don't believe in NFL players having kids during the season. And his brother Scott. I would love to see the two of them headbutt each other and crush beers. See if we can do it faster. And don't forget about intern P. It was probably one of the most goofy things I've ever seen in my life. Like, follow, share, subscribe. And hopefully we don't look like too big a dumbasses while we do this. We're getting the NFL season finished up, and I'm here with my brother Scott Bushka and intern P. I'm your host, Sasha Bushka. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? You, you still awake over there in Wichita, Sasha? Barely. Yeah, I, I had a busy day. Um, <laughs> got, got a workout in in the morning, played around to golf this afternoon. It's very windy. You know, they say the wind zaps you, uh, takes it out of you. Beers on the golf course? No beers on the golf course. I had a uh, that should be a sin. That that should be an absolute sin. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I know. I know you're trying to work out and be healthy, but you got to have the, at least two or three. I I I know you've golfed without beers before. Well, yeah, yes, that's true. But it was under different circumstances. Uh, I was I couldn't. So uh, we'll we'll just leave it at that. Why did you have an issue with starting your car or something? Is that why you couldn't? <laughs> uh, um, I wasn't gonna bring it up. Sorry, that's that's too far. I'm I'm kind of with I'm kind of with P here. I like no, you can't play right. 18 holes of golf without having a beer or two. Yeah, I just uh, I was focused on my score. Mm, you trying to go pro? Trying to get on the Corn Ferry tour? Yeah, trying out for the PGA tour. No, you got to go Corn Ferry I'm first. Sk- skipping the Corn Ferry. Oh, what a, I I know this. I know this isn't a golf podcast, but you guys have any thoughts on some of the footage from the Waste Management Open? I loved it. I I loved every single second of it. I just I think it. Ex- I listened to a lot of takes about it, and it exploded. I think last year there was a hundred thousand people there or something, and this year there was three hundred thousand. Like it just exponentially uh, exploded with people. Yeah, I didn't see a ton of footage, uh, but I did hear they had to like stop serving drinks at some point this year is the first time they've ever had to do that so sounds like uh sounds like the fact that the super bowl wasn't there at the same time this year did not did not put a damper on the party in phoenix yeah it was like it was like having 200,000 intern peas trying to leave biggins on a friday night just that, all that's falling on top of each other. <laughs> so it kind of so is like the bachelor party type vibe there. That's what they're kind of going for. Like that 16th hole is electric. Like you see them throwing the beers. You see the guys taking off their shirts. Like that's what it really, that's what people wanted to go. And then it just got out of hand. Like these security guys could not handle it. I think next year is going to be even better. And I'm excited. I might try to finagle my way into making it to the Phoenix Open. We'll see if I make it out alive though. Yeah. Um, not to turn this into a total golf podcast, like Scott said, but I was a little surprised that so live golf was in Vegas with the Super Bowl. I was surprised that that didn't gain a little bit of traction, like people talking about live golf because they happen to be in the same location as the Super Bowl. I, I didn't really hear anything about it. I actually didn't even like they had a tournament that weekend. Yeah, they had a tournament in Vegas Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I literally didn't even know that that happened. And I I have to be one of the few people who like really cares about football and golf. Yeah. Well, I saw a bunch so of Twitter clips on it. didn't market it very well. They, it's a Super Bowl weekend. And like, I guess they have like DeShambo, Brooks Kepka, John Rom now, but they don't advertise it. And people are still mad about the Saudi money, which I understand. But it's it's a real battle right now with the I, stars 
going from the PGA to the live. It's kind of killing golf as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, we're going to, we're going to start the pod today with a few takeaways, um, from, from the NFL season as a whole, obviously with the Super Bowl behind us, Super Bowl 58 in the books. Um, so we'll, we'll start with, uh, we'll try to get our most intelligent takes out of the way first. So we'll start with Scott. Mm, Um, good call. Great call. uh, yeah. Yeah. I could, you know, I could talk about the Chiefs. I don't really want to talk about the Chiefs because I'm going to be called a homer. I'm sure someone is, and it, they are probably the most relevant team from the season. I'm going to talk about the NFL at large and in general, and my takeaway is just that I'm not sure the NFL has ever been more up and to the right than it is at this very moment. Um, and I think it's a little bit unexpected. Uh, you know. Sasha, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it was like 200 plus million people tuned into the Super Bowl at any given time. Um, Tons of young people, tons of women. Uh, You've obviously got a little bit of the Taylor Swift effect here, but you've got a sport and a professional league that some could say over the last couple of years, like you've got the concussion thing. You had the Deshaun Watson thing. You had the DeMar Hamlin thing last year. And for a while, I feel like it was not, it was starting to be uncool in some circles to watch football and to root football because of, I guess, the the presumed brutality of it. Um, but that seems, that seems to have dissipated, maybe in large part. Like, I think, to be honest with you, I think Taylor Swift, maybe this is a stretch, but I think Taylor Swift did the NFL a massive solid. Which, which is to say you have like a bunch of non diehard football fans again being like, it's actually okay and cool to watch and root for football. Um, with that dynamic, with the, the dynamic of gambling and sports betting, you just it just seems like the sport is at like an all-time high in terms of popularity. And to be honest with you, like running laps around baseball, um, probably running laps around basketball, uh, and it just it seems like it's an unstoppable train. So if you're Roger Goodell and you're sitting here and everyone's making fun of you or kind of like jokingly saying you were writing a script, like he couldn't have wrote a better script for this season. And it just, it seems like the NFL is like up and to the right on a steep climb. Um, That's awesome for football and awesome for those of us that like football and, you know, sit on podcasts and talk about football. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, you brought him up at the end there though, but like what can't go overlooked in that is, Roger Goodell's tenure as commissioner was was a little bit touch and go in the beginning. Um, obviously, you had all like the NFL disciplinary issues that people didn't think he handled well. Um, concussions were coming to the forefront of everyone's mind early on in his tenure, and like player safety in general. And it, it looked like okay, like the NFL is the most popular sport right now, but how how is that going to continue? And I don't think you can argue that Roger Goodell has been maybe, maybe if not the best, the most effective commissioner the NFL's ever had. For sure. And, and I think like most people in the sport realize that now. And like what went from like, we're booing this guy because we hate him at the draft has almost gone to like just ironic boos. It's, it's fun to boo the commissioner, but we know this dude's actually done a fantastic job. Like I'm dating myself, but who was the uh, commissioner before Goodell? I, you could give me a thousand guesses, and I have Paul, no clue. Paul Tagliabue, right? 
and winded when uh, sure is that a real person well, are you are you making him up it's okay yeah, if now, you are. it's been what like probably 10 or 15 years under goodell now and tagliabu was there forever 20 25 years so um and he, he did a fine job but he was just kind of like he wasn't in the limelight like goodell is okay fair yeah. fair i just i was just clearing that up i've never even thought about the former commissioner but goodell does do a good job he does get the booze but in in the grand scheme of things, I couldn't do that job. No chance. I mean, I, I mean, I, yes, I think Goodell has done a good job. I also think they're all the NFL has all of these structural advantages over other sports. Like the to me, like not the least of which is the fact that it's played once a week, right? And so, like, yeah, like it's it's right. once a week. It's not every other night like the NBA. It's not every night for 162 nights a year like baseball. Um, it's perfect for fantasy. It's perfect for sports gambling. Now that sports gam like the advent of sports gambling and people can, yeah. it's like a once a week, we can structure our weekend around it. It doesn't get in the way of anything else we're doing. And it's like, like football season has got to flow to it, which quite frankly, like people love to build their lives around in a way that other sports just don't have that advantage. Yeah. I mean, I agree. The scarcity advantage, the scarcity of like inventory advantage is real. Like it's appointment viewing. You have to, you, you, you don't miss a game. Like I, I saw every chiefs game this year. I would never say that about virtually any other sport, no matter how much I love the team at the end of the day though. I, I think like when you compare across sports, it's, it's, it's all different. Every sport's a different business model, right? So yeah, baseball is never going to have 123 million people on average view a game uh, in the World Series or any other time, but they're an inventory play, right? Like you've got all these sports sports channels that need something to play, and like there's a baseball game, 15 of them on every single night that they can play, and they they make their money regionally, they make their money filling up the stands, and they're never going to cut back on the seasons because their business model is we get 81 home games a year. We get 162 TV appointments a year. And like, unless you can show the owners how they can make up that money in another way, they're never going to do that. So football, like you're right, has a ton of advantages to the masses and they've done the best job with it. Um, but they just, that's the way football makes their money is by getting the masses to be interested in it. And they, they do have a lot of advantages in that way. But like, how do you maximize those advantages? You go on Amazon Prime and charge them billions of dollars to play one game a week. You go, you play a playoff game on Peacock. You, you, you do Thursday night football. Like I know the players hate it. Like I know I mentioned Amazon Prime at the beginning, but just Thursday night football in general, like that's a whole nother night of the week that you own. Yeah. And they've they've done a great job of maximizing all that. I, I don't know if you noticed subtly during the week of the Super Bowl at uh, Goodell's address to the media that the uh, the first week of the season in Brazil they're going to play a Friday night game, which is like yeah <laughs> they're just slowly so we're we're slowly getting into you, like only only Tuesday and Wednesday nights are going to be the only nights without football in the entire week. <laughs> yeah. But I'm okay with it. I I don't. I think most NFL fans are. I mean, I'm okay with. Of course with you are, because you want to you want to bet on it. And I want to go up to Biggins and I, have a beer yes. and watch it. Yes, and even even yeah. today, I was I was texting you guys. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I I sat here, and I was like, I have nothing to watch. There's no football on. There's no there's no basketball. I'm like I, 
it, it is my life, and it's sad to say, but I, I have no regrets. But I do miss it, and I want it to be every day. Yeah. Getting on golfing. It honestly makes me very happy because I, I will tell you, and granted, I live in the Pacific Northwest, but I will tell you for the last several years, I there were times where I felt guilty like telling people how big of a football fan I was because it almost it almost it almost seemed like like I said it was a sport that was that was it wasn't cool to like it because of all of the you know some of the perceived negatives that come along with it now I could talk to you for hours about those negatives and the positives and which outweigh which um which we won't get into here but and I and I do think it has a little bit to do with a with a mega pop star, most famous person in the world, someone like Taylor Swift, like jumping in and and being such a huge fan and being like it's like I think that kind of okayed people to like, oh, you're not crazy if you like, you know, are into this stuff yeah. and cheer for teams on like, Sunday. Like the person that I'd be spending my time following instead of watching football has gone to thirteen games this year. Right. So Right. Yeah. So it's, it's um, cool. I'm I'm here for it. I'm obviously a a supporter of the NFL. <laughs> Good to know. Um, that that's gonna it's gonna make it a lot easier to do this podcast. Uh, P, you got a, a sweeping takeaway from the NFL season? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I call it in your words sweeping, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sweep you guys off your feet with this uh Ooh, with this stats wait. and uh, kind of my takeaway yeah you're gonna be swept off it's kind of in the draft era i mean the draft is a little bit upon us it's not super close but you know the caleb williams drake may Jaden daniels debate college football guys but i wanted to talk about this year's uh cj stroud versus bryce young debate i don't know if you guys remember but cj stroud went second overall mm. and bryce young went first overall so you would assume that bryce young would have had a better season right because he went first over. Sure. Yeah. Uh, did you well, did you verify all this with the internet before you? Funny, I I did I did verify it, and uh, CJ Shaw did have a uh, much better year. Uh, I did get the stats. He only played 15 games. He did average 273 yards per game passing, 23 TDs, five interceptions, which is pretty solid. Uh, but Bryce Young only had 179 yards per game and 11 touchdowns versus 10 interceptions. So. I don't quite know if in the Panthers went two and fifteen, and the Houston Texans did indeed make the playoffs with a ten and seven clip. I I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if CJ Stroud is really that much better than Bryce Young at this point. I I don't know if it's a team aspect, but the fact that Carolina gave up their first round pick this year for Bryce Young might have been one of the worst trades in a while if it doesn't turn around by the end of next year. Like I mean, it yeah. could be it could be panic button time already. Especially since that pick ended up being number one. Yeah, they they do have they would have had the number one overall pick, and CJ Stroud turned that franchise around in what honestly twelve games, ten games, like ten games in. You're like, oh, this guy's legit, and Bryce Young's over there being short. No offense yeah. to the short kings, I am one of those, but he is a short guy. I don't know if he can see over the offensive line. Co- coincidentally, to um. And by the way, that that yardage number you quoted for C.J. Stroud actually led the league in yards per game. Um, coincidentally, to tie this into current events a little bit, do you guys remember last year when Bryce Young, or no, excuse me, C.J. Stroud's S2 test mm. got leaked? Yeah. And everyone was like, dude, can't process, whatever. Um, so there's, there's, there's recent news on that. Uh, Athletes First, who represents... CJ Stroud and also Aaron Rodgers and a couple of other NFL quarterbacks has come out 
this year and said, we're advising, not advising, like basically telling all of our athletes not to submit to any psychological testing (laughs) because the teams can't keep it. The teams can't keep it confidential. It's more scrutiny than like should be implemented in a job interview, especially when you consider that it gets out in the media and we're just telling all our athletes not to take Wonderlicks, S2 test, something called the AIQ, um, football-related activities only. So that I think that's that's kind of an interesting development heading into yeah. this year's draft. I, I, I did see that. Uh, I understand athletes' first take on it. Um, and I think it's pr- predominantly a take of, like, if you can't keep it confidential, then we're not going to have our athletes take it. I, to be honest with you, like, I don't, I think teams should be able to and allowed to give players those tests. Like, like whether it's, whether it's, they're trying to assess people's like ability to process or they're trying to assess people's like character, you're investing millions and millions of dollars into these people and, and like being able to process as part of the job. Um, you should like teams should go into that eyes wide open that it can lead them to the wrong conclusion. It clearly did with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Right. Um, yeah, you know, but, but like, I don't know. I think, I think it's would be silly to say we should like get rid of all those tests. Cause there's plenty of examples of where they actually led you to some really smart decisions. Yeah. A, a couple of arguments on, on kind of both sides of that is like, just people like to tie things into like just regular real world stuff. If you were going into a interview for a job you really wanted, you're going to kind of jump through whatever hoops they tell you you have to jump through to get to get that job. And if they want to give you a test, you're going to take it. Uh, however, there's probably very little, very little risk of that test, like getting out in the media in some other job circumstance. And then on top of that, like if there was 32 people, 32 companies that had a similar type of job that you that you wanted and one was asking you to jump through this hoop and the other wasn't, theoretically, like if you're a qualified person, you could go take a job at the other company. It doesn't really work that way in the NFL. You just have to go to the team that wants to draft you. So there's kind of like a give and take on both sides of this where like, yes, they're going to pay you millions of dollars, but like athletes, some like the the article I read about this whole thing, their stance was there shouldn't even be an NFL draft. Like it should just be an open market. Um, granted, like that's probably pie in the sky, but their point was, is like these athletes have a very unique skill set that these teams want. So they should have some leverage in this scenario as well. It's not just like you do whatever the company says you have to do in a job interview. Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, any high level job you're going to that's paying you that much money, are they going to put you through a battery of rigorous tests and interviews and whatever else they want to do? And if there's only 32 of them, they're all going to talk, right? Like if you, if you like take a test and screw it up with some firm and they don't give you the job, you go interview like down the road at another one of those firms, you can bet they're going to pick up the phone and ask you why you didn't hire this guy, you know? So like I, that to me is like not out of the norm of, of the way that the real world operates and the way the real world works. Sure. The the whole, like there shouldn't be a draft and you should just be able to go, uh, you know, get whatever team wants to pay the most for you on an open market is not real. Like then there's no NFL. 
then there's not a league of 32 right. teams. Like it, it doesn't operate like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a trade association, so it's all kind of one big company that just has yeah. teams within it. On the, um, so that's, that's why there's just on the, just on the point around CJ Stroud and Bryce young. Um, I mean, P you're, so you're right that Stroud had a much better year. I think you're wrong to say that it's surprising. And the only reason I say that is because the, the, the NFL draft, particularly around quarterbacks has proven time and time again to be like mostly a crapshoot or, or like what I would say is, is a coin flip uh, when you think, which it, to me, like, I don't know how it's still a coin flip when teams have millions and millions of dollars and resources and people are doing this for years in terms of evaluation. But like, you know, you got Zach Wilson, you got Mitch Trubisky drafted before Patrick Mahomes, you got Sam Darnold, you got like, you know, Josh Rosen pick. There's a, there's a million names, like first round quarterbacks. You generally get it wrong more than you get it right. As for CJ Stroud and, and Bryce young, I'm, I'm over this. Maybe just me. I'm like totally over the short quarterbacks. Like you can't, you can't be five, nine, five, 10 and play in the NFL. Even and I know Brock Brock Purdy's not five ten, but like if you that both of those third and five plays where the chief blitzed him and put a blitzer in the in his line of sight, like there were people open on both of those plays if he could have got the ball over McDuffie's hands or got the ball over Chris Jones's hands. Sure. And and at some point it's like, what are we doing here? Because like forever you had to be six four to get drafted high as a quarterback. And then they're like, you know what? Like short guys could play, but then at least you had to be an elite athlete. Like Kyler Murray was the first overall pick, but he had elite athleticism. Now it's just like this dude's five ten, also isn't that mobile, isn't that great of an athlete. Let's draft him first overall. Right. Because a couple of other short guys did okay in the league. Right. Uh it, it seemed like a stretch. Um, and, and some, and sometimes the pendulum swings and it like corrects too far to one side and then it'll overcorrect back to this year. Like, Hey, if you're not six, two, we're not looking at you, uh, which is probably where they should have been to begin with. Um, but I, I think you're right in terms of like the difference between one and two is not that big of a deal unless there is like a generational prospect in the, like when Andrew Luck came out or John Elway came out or um, even like Trevor Lawrence to an extent, and he's been the best out of his class. Um, but then it's like, yeah, you definitely want to have one. But there was no like consensus. Bryce Young has to be the number one quarterback taken um, no matter what here. And, and honestly, like we were talking about those S2 tests and stuff, like how bad did the Houston Texans want CJ Stroud? Like how do we know that he actually failed that test? Still, like there's so much misinformation that comes out in draft season. Um, also, like there's reports that Frank Reich and his football people wanted CJ Stroud, but David Tepper was like, No, we're taking Bryce Young. So then they all get fired. Yeah. Uh, because David Tepper's an idiot. So, like, it's there's so much that goes into it, but um, it was a it wasn't a lead season for CJ Stroud. I became a became a fan. Who? Yeah, I I, I think I, to kind of come around on my point, I was saying like they gave up so much to go get Bryce Young, which I understand. Like, but I don't at the same time. If it really is kind of a they had what the third pick or they had the second pick before they traded. It was uh, they traded from like nine, nine to one, nine, yeah. okay. which is why they gave yeah. up so much. 
but yeah, like, I guess yeah, I can, you're right. I guess, I, but they give up DJ Moore too, which is a true number one receiver in the NFL, yeah. which is honestly something that went way under the radar. That Bryce Young could have used a DJ Moore, like he was throwing to Adam Thielen. No offense to Adam Thielen, yeah. but he's you not don't, a number one receiver. You don't trade up to number one unless you know exactly who you want, and like pretty much everyone else agrees with you too. Um, and and they like traded to one, and then we're like, well, we haven't decided who we're gonna pick yet. So like it was. It was a bad decision from the beginning. But dude, you can I mean five five nine or not, go watch Bryce Young's games. He can the dude he can't throw the ball. Is he has like no velocity on his ball. CJ Stroud is just throwing like seeds all around the, you know, he's got like an absolute hose. And Bryce Young, if you had to have him throw like a twenty or thirty yard out, it's like there's nothing on it. So I don't know. That yeah, that seems just like a, a egregious mistake. Which is weird because, like, he won a Heisman in college. He played at Alabama. Like, there's enough film on him. Like, how, it seems like somebody would have known he couldn't throw. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, if something happened between college and the start of his NFL career. But um, nonetheless, I guess I guess I'll give give a takeaway here. Unless you guys got more to say about C.J. Stroud, who, who you, you guys taking Caleb Williams or Drake May? You got to take I, Caleb, Williams. Caleb Williams. If you don't, and he's a generational talent, you're, you're kicking yourself for the next 15 years. Because not that he will be, like you said, it is a crapshoot. And one of those three guys that I mentioned at the beginning in Daniels, Drake May, and Caleb Williams, one of them is going to suck. Like it's so, just going to happen. One of them is going to suck. Probably two of them. You just have to get lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Probably two I think of them. The, yeah. the real mistake that the Bears can make here is like. There, there is a world where you could take Drake May, but like if your football people are convinced that Drake May is better than Caleb Williams, fine. But the real mistake they could make is taking Drake May one, because like if you if your football people come to you and say like Drake May is the guy we want, or someone else or whoever, you have to trade out and and take him at two because everybody wants Caleb Williams, so you have to get the picks, trade Justin Fields and the pick, and go to two. Plus get whatever, whoever you traded with pick. Yeah. And yeah, but I, I think like you might be overthinking it at that point. You you probably just take Caleb Williams. Yeah. But Justin Fields is good. Like he he's a solid NFL quarterback. I don't know why he hasn't been playing that well, but he shows these flashes of like, oh, this guy's elite. But then every once in a while he's like, who is out playing quarterback right now? Some, like, yeah. Some jabroni was saying the other day that I think it was I, I don't want to say a name because I don't know it a hundred percent and I don't like it was a radio guy. It was it was a national guy that like the Raiders are gonna trade for Justin Fields and he's putting money on them to win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. It's, Congrats. It's not reality. I, I think he's gonna go to he's yeah. gonna go to Pittsburgh and James is gonna be thrilled about it. <laughs> it's be big time. All right. Oh, Sorry, shake Sorry Sasha. Like P that was there was some energy uh, so, around. So my topic. like my big thing is uh, just the volatility of an NFL season. And like this, like kind of goes in play with like why the NFL is up and to the right. But like, yes, the team that was probably favored or one of the two favorites to win the Super Bowl before the season started did win it is the Chiefs and the Eagles were, were at the top of the odds and maybe the Bills early at the start of the season. But it was a very circuitous route to get there. And like you go out and like people are big on the Jets. Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles on the fourth play of the season. And then like 
Everybody still loves the Bengals. Joe Burrow gets hurt later in the year after they didn't get off to a hot start anyways. He was hurt before the season two, and like that was part of them not getting off to a hot start. And that clears the path in the AFC a little bit. And then everyone's like, okay, the AFC has all the good quarterbacks, but now Aaron Rodgers is hurt, Joe Burrow's hurt, and the Chiefs look like crap. So maybe the NFC is the better conference, but they, there's no good quarterbacks over there. So then Patrick Mahomes comes into the AFC playoffs and is like, yeah, like there's no Joe Burrow in my way. There's like I'm I'm just gonna win the AFC because I'm the best quarterback here. And then in the NFC, you do get the best roster to come out, but it's like with Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback and Jalen Hurts like kind of falls flat this year after people were wanting to put him up in the elite category. And like there's so many ebbs and flows over the course of a season. Like the Eagles were the best team in the NFC for a while. And then they lost five out of their last six and got smoked in the first round of the playoffs. People thought the Bucks were going to have the number one pick this year. They end up winning their division and make the playoffs. Houston had the number two pick last year, and people thought they were going to like clean up in the or not clean up, but like Arizona was going to clean up because they'd have Houston's first pick this year plus their own first pick, and they'd be picking one and two. Well, it turns out that was the Bears who got. Carolina's first pick and so like there's just like you think you know what's going to happen going into the year but you never do um and and that's what makes it interesting like that's why people watch week to week um and and at one point just to give one more example and I I, you could keep going through them but like it looked like there was no chance the Bills were even going to make the playoffs they were six and six and then by the time the AFC playoffs started they were the two seed and people, and they were favored to beat the Chiefs. They're like maybe they they weren't the AFC favorite, but they're the second favorite after the Ravens, probably. So I think like it goes in with why it's with Scott's first point, but there's just so much, so many ebbs and flows in a season, and so much volatility that you you can't stop watching because if you miss two weeks, like all the storylines have changed. Yeah, man. Any given Sunday. It's it it is like a the NFL season is almost like like a massive March Madness. It's like anything like in any of these games, yeah. anything can happen any week. Like uh, you know, if you listen to like this one podcast I listened to is like it used to be that like you could if you had like three teams favored by ten points, you just parlay the three of them together and you know they're all gonna win. And like if you do that now, one of the three of them for sure is gonna lose like a 10 point favorite. Um, it's like, yeah, shit like that happens every week. Yeah. And, and then like the, the teams change so much over like going into the year, you would have thought just like bet against the Texans. And then later in the year, they're favored over good teams. And like, you have to really pay attention to like, know which direction teams are going. I was just going to say, I do find your, it's so weird that the quarterbacks are so much better in the AFC. Like it just, it almost seems like structurally flawed. Like you can, you've got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Justin Herbert, um, Lamar Jackson, now CJ Stroud. And then like over in the NFC playoffs, the final four, it's like Brock Purdy, Jared Goff. Like it's, you know, 
Jalen Hurts, but I but I kind of think we found out this year Jalen Hurts wasn't necessarily an elite quarterback. Like he was operating in an elite system. So it just feels super lopsided in like a unnatural way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think like the NFC teams try to make up for it because like you build your roster a different way. And if you have a cheap quarterback, you can be better in other places. But it goes back to what we were talking about, like the crapshoot of the draft. Like most of these AFC quarterbacks have come out in the last five to seven years. And the AFC teams have just hit on quarterbacks. And there was probably for every Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, there's a Mitch Trubisky for the Bears um, in Patrick Mahomes' draft that an NFC team took and it didn't work. Or in Josh Allen's draft, Josh Rosen went three picks later to the Arizona Cardinals. So, like, the NFC teams have just done a way worse job of drafting quarterbacks over the last six years. Yeah, or Trey Lance for the Niners. And, it, and I mean, yeah, just the bad. example we were just talking about. Carolina in the NFC took Bryce Young. Now the AFC's got C.J. Stroud. Like, that could have gone the other way, and it would it would have started evening out. So I have a question about the quarterbacks. I, I don't I, I've been trying to figure this out. I watch a lot of football, obviously, but how much does the system really make a quarterback? Like hypothetically, Patrick Mahomes get draft gets drafted to the um who's really bad? Like the the Browns. To the Bears. The, the Bears. Like, sure, if the, the Bears. Bears took him instead of Mitch yes. Trubisky. Yes, like if the Browns if the Bears what what does his career look like? I mean, I know we can't say high like we can't read into the future or the past, but is it a tr- is it a situation thing? Do you think, or is it truly based on talent? I think it. I like like always. It's everything. Like there's no chance that Patrick Mahomes becomes Mitch Trubisky if he's drafted to the Bears. But if but does he have three Super Bowls? Probably not. Like the Chiefs was a good situation for him. Um, no doubt about it. Um, if Mitch Trubisky gets drafted to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, like, don't have three Super Bowls either. Like, they they don't have any. Um, it would just be another in the long line of quarterbacks they drafted shittily before Mahomes, um, which has kind of always been their mo. So I like, it's hard to separate the two. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a marriage where I mean, system matters a lot. I think about like, there's no question that Mahomes landed in the perfect situation, right? With Andy, with Andy Reid, like one of the offense, greatest offensive minds the game's ever seen. Um, and, and and by the way, I think um, C.J. Stroud got the same thing in Houston, right? Bobby Slowick comes out of the Shanahan, like the Shanahan-McVay tree. Unquestionably, he got thrown into a better situation than Bryce Young did. And he also happens to be better, so it just ends up super lopsided. So I think like yeah. they both work. It gets it really gets exacerbated when you take a guy that's good and you throw him into a good system. Yeah, I, I think CJ Stroud deserves a lot of credit, though, because like when those picks were made. Yeah, Bobby Sloak's a good offensive coordinator, but D'Amico Ryan's head coach or Frank Reich head coach, like who would have said who would have people said got a better situation? And like as far as weapons go. None of those dudes on the Texans had ever done anything in their career prior to CJ Stroud. Some of them were rookies. Some of them were, um, like Nico Collins had been okay, but like, so you can say Bryce Young didn't have this or didn't have that, but like, how much of it is the quarterback making making everyone look good around them? And, and that's something like you'll never be able to put a number on it. It's like the Brady Belichick debate. 
like who's more responsible for the dynasty um all that that kind of stuff like everything works together it's a team sport but it does make a difference what situation you go to yeah you're right Kind of right. Right. I, 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 have, I have one more thing. I have one more thing. It's about the Cowboys. I know we love the Cowboys here. We we all love the Cowboys. America's team. Our, our, our America's team. We love them. I I'm a huge go go boys. If you're a Cowboys fan, are you are you putting Dak Prescott on the hot seat in this upcoming NFL season? I know he had a great year. He had 36 touchdowns and eight interceptions or something like that. But he can't win in the big game. So. How long do you think he can last there without just imploding the whole entire franchise? I think it could happen. I, I know that's a little, a little over the top there, it's, but it could happen. The problem—it's a really tough question. Yeah, the problem is that he's—he, I would say he's easily the best quarterback in the NFC. So, like, where, like, yeah, how are you going to upgrade? Is your issue? Yeah, somebody would argue. Some people would maybe argue Jalen Hurts there. But yeah, he's he's close to the best quarterback in the NFC. I think here's here's the problem, um, or here here's the the fact that's true that makes it hard to just stay the course with Dak. Every type of quarterback, or almost every like quarterback situation, has won a Super Bowl. Like a quarterback on a rookie deals won a Super Bowl. Super cheap quarterback. An all-time legend, Mahomes, Brady, have won Super Bowls. A quarterback that's like a no-name veteran with really great defenses, Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, um, on the Ravens and the Bucks have won Super Bowls. Like you have all these different data points and examples of quarterbacks winning Super Bowls, but there is there is zero, there is no example of a quarterback who's good that gets paid like he's great winning a Super Bowl. Meaning, like a quarterback like Dak Prescott, or if Brock Purdy was making fifty million dollars a year, uh, or like a Kirk Cousins, there's no example of a quarterback like that that gets paid the same amount as Mahomes winning a Super Bowl. What about like it, the math doesn't work? What about Matt Stafford with the Rams? Was it was he not getting paid that much? Uh, he was still on his Detroit contract, I think. So, like, I don't think. He wasn't taking like a fifty million dollar hit. He was like in the low thirties, I think. I'd have to look. I in at general it. agree with your point. Like you can't. You either have to be really freaking good or like get someone cheaper. Yeah. Um. But like that being said, like what do you do? You can't trade Dak's contract to somebody with the number one pick and say you take Dak in the contract and we'll take the rookie deal and the the guy with the first or second pick right because if they could they 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 would probably consider it right um right but you're kind of stuck in a rock in a hard place at, at some point and Dak by the way like I don't know who his agent is but he has a no trade and no tag clause right. so the, like the Cowboys can literally do nothing like he has he has all of the cards right. uh, so all they can do is like say I hope we can pay you like the highest paid quarterback in the league and win with you and like you, hopefully you just have the best season of your life and win some big games. And it's it's a tough position to be in. If, if you were the if you were the Commanders or the Cowboys, would you trade Dak Prescott for the number two pick straight up? No, if I I don't think I would. 
No, no. Because those were the quarterbacks. Commanders if I was the Commanders, I'd rather draft one of the quarterbacks for cheap. Because you can get they're what ten million a year or something. I mean, yeah. I guess Dak is proven. I think the Commanders don't do it. No, I don't think. I think the Commanders are the ones who no. say no to that. I don't think you could. And I think the Cowboys would say yes to it if they if they could get that deal done. I I think that would be hundred percent. Just like we got to try something different. You can't build unless you're Mahomes. Mahomes is different. You, it's hard to build around a quarterback that's getting paid forty to fifty million dollars a year with the cap hit and the and the salary cap itself. It's it's yeah. It's 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 not fair. I, I, I don't really like I, that. I though. I agree, but it's kind of insane, right? Because like there's a, there's less than a fifty percent chance that Drake may is any good. Like let's just let's just be realistic. Yeah. And you and well, you know yeah. like you know Dak can win 11 games a year in the league. Yeah. It kind of like shines a larger, and, and we'll we'll wrap up after this and uh, get into predictions, but kind of shines a larger um, light on the problem that like just every quarterback who's up next becomes the highest paid quarterback as long as they're like one of the top 10 in the league. Yeah. Like there needs to be tiers on who the quarterbacks are and – so, so, like, if if the next up is Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you, you're probably fine. You can build a roster around them at that price. But if you've got Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott, like, you've got to hope that, like, a middle class for quarterbacks gets created in the market at some point. Right. Which doesn't uh, exist that, right that being said, we're about 42 minutes in, and we want to get to some predictions at some point in this show. So we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We'll get into uh, predictions for next NFL season. Stay with us on Bro Storm Sports. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We are wrapping up the 2023 NFL season and getting you ready for the 2024 NFL season. We spent the uh, the first segment doing a lot on the uh, takeaways from this past year's season, so we're going to give you some predictions for next season to to get you ready for 2024 because it's only seven months until next year's football season. <laughs> yeah, I need Don't it. Remind I need, me. I need Don't it like it's tomorrow. <laughs> when I when I when I say something like that, I just picture like Adam Sandler in a batting cage taking taking. <laughs> fastballs off the chest <laughs> it's only 365 more days till next year's hockey tryouts um exactly. p we'll start with you give us a prediction for next year's nfl season my prediction is the mvp type and i think it's going to be a guy that tore his achilles this year and it's going to be aaron Rodgers. he's going to come back lead the jets to the playoffs and win mvp for his final season, and he's going to ride off into the sunset, go do some ayahuasca in a dark chamber and really get to know himself. Oh my he's going to win MVP. They're going to go to the divisional round and lose, but he's going to be very enlightened with himself. Is he also going to stump on the campaign trail for Donald Trump like during the season? Oh, he will be wearing his MAGA, his <laughs> MAGA hat. Uh, him and Donnie, they're going to take some good picks together, and he's going to ride off into the sunset. Yep. Yes, Aaron Rodgers MVP. Rogers. Book it. Wow, Super Bowl too. I thought for sure you were going to say Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins is he even going to play for the Vikings next year? That that could be a hot take. I mean, he I heard he might get traded for this final year. He's he doesn't have to get traded. He's a true free agent. 
That's what I that's that's what I said. Yeah, I said that. Okay. Um I'll you know what? <laughs> I'll I'll stick on the torn Achilles theme then. I will go to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is gonna lead the Atlanta Falcons to the playoffs next year. <laughs> what? They're, they're, uh, yeah. That'd be un, that'd be crazy. The Falcons are a quarterback away. They got the eighth pick in the draft, so they're not. I mean, it'd be kind of spinning the wheel by taking someone there. So they're going to sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason. Bijan Robinson, Drake London. I, I want to say Kyle Pitts, but I'm taking him in fantasy. I'm taking him not in as fantasy good as everybody sure. wants him to be. I don't care. I'm uh, I'm going back to the well. Of Kyle Pitts. So you and everybody else, so you're going to pay just as much of a draft premium as you would have any other year. I'm three years deep into the Kyle Pitts well. I've had him three years in a row. I can't give up on him now. I, I bet that's bringing home championships for you. <laughs> um, it's not. No, but in, in a larger sense, it will be interesting to see where Kirk Cousins ends up. He is a true free agent. Like, he's coming off the Achilles. I get the sense that Kevin O'Connell would just assume, like, Go young, like uh, the the Vikings might re-sign him, but I don't think Kevin O'Connell sees them like going anywhere long term with Kirk Cousins. I think there's a good chance he ends up on another team. You guys both going heavy on the old guys with torn Achilles. Just yeah, riveting, Kobe did it. Kobe came back. Riveting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Scott? Yeah, what do you got? Let's hear your riveting riveting take. Mine is Rosie the Riveter. I think even, yeah, the Riveter. I think even more boring. Um, uh, well, I didn't want to say that the Chiefs will three-peat, but the Chiefs will three-peat. Um, just so we put it on record and the listeners are listening. I really I really hope not. Um, I can't do it again. I really can't take it three years in a row. I mean, that's not my take, but the reality is is they're going to be better next year than they are than they were this year. They just will be. Yeah, um, I agree. My, I am going to, and this is related to the Super Bowl, but Sasha, you gave us a prompt that said a team, surprise team that picks in the top 10. This team does not pick in the top 10. This team picks 16th. Um, but I do know they have, they have, uh, they're in the bottom 10 in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, my surprise team is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the reason I'm a, I, I don't quite know why, but I'm a Mike McDonald believer. Um, I think he's going to be a really good coach. I love the staff that they're building up in Seattle. And their issue for the last several years has been their defense. And he's an awesome defensive coach. So I think he comes in. They got a ton of like first and second round talent on their defense. Um, turns the defense around and Geno and DK Metcalf and, um, Kenneth Walker and that crew get it rolling on offense and they win the NFC West in large part because it feels like the 49ers are going to unravel like, like the stuff that's coming out this week about the Super Bowl and Brandon Ayuk on Twitter and George Kittle saying all kinds of dumb shit during the Super Bowl and Shanahan, no one knowing the rules and Shanahan getting the call wrong. Like I just I, like to me, like this whole situation with the Niners has like, I don't know them, them like eating themselves from within. So uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win the West. 
in the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, but I'm going to say it's going to be either Chiefs over the Lions or Chiefs over the Packers, someone from the NFC North. Quick question. Um, so, first of all, Super Bowl hangover is real, like for the losing team. Like the Eagles, it, it bit them eventually this year. So, I don't totally disagree with what you're saying about the Niners. But I was just curious, like, if Mike McDonald takes takes the helm over there in Seattle and if he writes Geno Smith a letter that says like hey Geno I uh, you're a good guy but I don't think we want you to be our quarterback anymore do you think Geno Smith will write him back <laughs> no no I, I forgot I forgot keep about showing that up. yeah just keep showing no up to practice <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just never leave <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure, like with that take, you were gonna have a different quarterback in place than Geno Smith. But yeah, sounds like I probably should have. But isn't I don't know. He's got a couple more years on his deal, and I still think he's good. I could be wrong about that. Mm, most people jumped off the Geno Smith being good train this year. I mean, I'm not off it. He's he's okay. I'm not off of it. It's like the desk, okay. Dak Prescott situation. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, if you, I guess I could go get uh, Michael Penix or something and keep him in the Washington area. Yeah. But I don't think that, they're like, as tied. They're not as tied to Dak Prescott as the Cow or to Geno as the Cowboys are to Dak, though. Like, they have flexibility in the contract, and you can just you move up in the draft and you draft who you want, or you at least draft somebody to play behind Geno Smith in case. He is what we saw the first 10 years of his career and not like we saw a flash two years ago. And this year he was just uh, at best a middle of the pack quarterback. I mean, yeah. they did. I guess now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure they did hire Washington's offensive coordinator. University of Washington. Sure. Oh, like the uh, University off- of Washington. Offensive yeah, coordinator to, to be their offensive coordinator. So who knows? Maybe they are trying. I mean, they got the 16th pick. Maybe they go try to get Penix. That dude didn't go with Kalen DeBoer. He went. It, it's funny. He went with Kalen DeBoer, and then McDonald snatched him to Seattle. So that guy, like, is apparently a stud. That he he turned down Nick Saban before last season to be Saban's offensive coordinator because, like, he had convinced Michael Penix and all these other dudes to stick around another year, and he felt like he owed it to him to stay in Washington, which like it worked out for him because Saban retired the next year anyways. And Kalen DeBoer got the head Alabama job and now he's an NFL OC. But like if Saban wants you to come be his OC, like there's something there. Yeah, there's a, there's, I I mean, this is not the topic of the, uh, of the segment, but there is a, there's a subtle or not so subtle trend going on, which is like everyone wants to get out of college football. Yeah. I was actually going to bring that up. The NIL stuff's t- getting too much for these old, I'm air quoting old coaches, just like, I mean, that's the toughest job in sports, I would say, to have to deal with recruiting your own players again, recruiting high schoolers, and also recruiting everyone playing in college football. Yeah. Like, it's almost an impossible job to do. Yeah, well, like, yeah, the Boston College coach left his head job to be a coordinator in the NFL, and then Bill O'Brien left Ohio State to take that Boston College job, and Chip Kelly quit being a head coach at UCLA to take the Ohio State offensive coordinator job. Like, it, some weird 
decisions being made that are clearly like what Scott said is like, I don't want to be a head coach in college. I mean, if you, if you listen to any of them, they're like, it's this sucks. It sucks. Like you're just, you're basically just trying to talk dudes into coming and taking more money versus coaching any type of football. Yeah. And the NFL is set up for it. First of all, there's contracts. So it's not just like everybody's a free agent after every season and you have a general manager. So like you're the football coach and like you have other, you have a whole staff of people taking care of that stuff. And like until college football gets to that point, it's going to be a huge burden on head coaches. Right. Um, yeah, they need to fix it. I don't know how you fix it. I'm I'm glad these college kids are getting their their money, but it needs to get fixed. Whether it is a GM or maybe even like a two year restriction, like you sign a contract. I mean, you're getting paid. I, mean, I don't see why that's not yeah. open. Yeah, Whatever. we'll have to. We'll have to tackle that debate at a later date, but uh, peace. And Scott, Scott kind of gave us a Super Bowl pick. You want to just give a quick, like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to lose it? Sure. The Bengals are going to win just because I'm going to yeah. ride ride with oh, my guy. Joe Burrow, I love you. Yeah, I, I uh, actually went back and listened to an interview from 2020. Uh, when he, After he won the Natty, he was, he was pissed drunk, and I loved every second of it. Um, Jamar Chase is him. They're about to get uh, Brock Bowers from Georgia. Him, um, yes. I mean that's what he's <laughs> that's what he's projected. He's him. Give him the most nil money, or <laughs> no? They're gonna draft him in the draft. I think. Okay. I think Joe out Burrow's out toast out of Georgia. I think Joe Burrow's toast. Dude, you're just I don't whatever like I'm whatever you just said is like in one year out the other. I don't care what you just said right there. Um, I don't I, know why we're talking about Glass Joe anyway. Me, <laughs> we're talking about Joe, Joe. We're talking about Sleepy Sleepy Joe. We're talking about Biden. How many How oh. many games do you think Joe will play? What uh, What's it up next year? Over well, Joe Biden's not playing any games. Oh, uh, I he's playing sixteen. What are you What are you talking about? Well, it's okay, fine. We'll see. It's fine. And then give yeah. me uh from the NFC. Also, quick update to the listeners. The NFL season is 17 games. It has been for a few years. <laughs> well, yeah, he needs, he needs a, a break in, in between. I mean, he's not Superman. Um, <laughs> it's late, all right? It's late. Uh, give me a – I don't know. I don't care. I got 17 weeks. Just give me the Bengals. I'm putting my future down now. Whoever they play, they're getting their their ass beat anyway, so it's fine. All right, and I'll get I'll take the Chiefs three peat against it doesn't matter who. Um, Such a I would, can I crazy. can I make can I make one public service announcement to the listeners going into the off season, Sasha? Sure, fire a PSA off. We, we promise we'll try to find a better intern in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I think I think I just got fired live on air. So uh, you could, I'm how actually, many years uh, can you be jobs. an intern? <laughs> Ch- check out my link, my LinkedIn. Uh, it's yeah. got a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, it's fine. I'll uh, yeah. I think it's in the contract. Like you either like graduate to co-host or you're gone. Like you I, can't just you can't be a permanent intern. I think we should let the voters or the listeners vote. Um, and I think the vote's going to go very much in my favor. So if only we had an intern to put that poll up on Twitter or something. <laughs> I asked for the password. I asked for the password, and you guys didn't give me the password. It's crazy. I, it's crazy. Only person. Yeah. Whatever. 
It's crazy. <laughs> just, just, the listeners should know I'm, I'm not getting a fair shake. <laughs> this has been the Bro Storm Sports Podcast. You guys got anything else for us? I'll see you next time. I'm, I'll be back and better than ever. All right. We're keeping you. I'm sad. I'm sad the NFL season's over. I know we'll be back talking about draft and free agency and some other stuff. But love you guys. Appreciate the listeners. Uh, another fun season. NFL season's over. Stay tuned to the socials for all updates on BroStorm Sports, Instagram, TikTok. We'll keep you posted, and uh, we'll be talking about the offseason as it goes along. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.